0: Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast. Our mission of teaching people to love God by showing them how much he loves us starts right now.
1: Guys, last week we had church at 11 and I think most of you were here. How many how many was here last week? How many was here? Uh, you guys are awesome, Mike. Because now you're at perfect attendance. Okay, so far you're at perfect attendance. But we talked about we talked about the eight simple rules. Okay, in our lives, and we're going to look at those just a little bit, and so you'll kind of get a refresher. But we're going to look at them more as a as a church and where where I believe that God wants us to go. But this week, as we were just praying and we were just I was just thinking, and 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 I began all week long praying and thinking, guys, that that maybe God wants to raise up a generation. A generation in Lubbock that would be willing, if you will, to lay down their lives for the Lord. I've just been praying, God, is there a generation? Is there something that you want to do with us? Lord, we, we've been struggling as a church and we've been looking here and we've been, is, is there a generation? And I began to pray and I began to pray and you go, well, like what, Pastor? Well, I mean, like, like living just so much for the Lord. I mean, like, I get we're in the Bible Belt, right? I get we're in the Bible Belt, and you go, what does that mean? Well, a lot of people claim Christianity. A lot of people, if you were to, if you were to just say, hey, how many of you are Christians in a restaurant or in a big gathering? A lot of people would, and I say amen to that. But what I'm thinking about, guys, is I'm thinking, and I've been praying about a group of people. I've been praying for us, guys, a group of people who would be so willing to follow Jesus. So willing to lay down our lines that even if it means that we won 't make a whole lot of money, even if it means you 're not going to get that promotion like like all of a sudden you 're a Jesus follower and you 've been labeled a jesus follower and and your coworkers don 't even really want to talk to you so much, and and I'm not saying you're obnoxious, but I'm praying for that. You're just so in love with God. You're just, you're just so in tune with him that you're willing to follow him even if you lose, well, even if you lose some of your very best friends. I've been praying for a generation. I've been praying for a group of people, guys, that would so follow Jesus, that would so want to change the world. I think of I think of Jesus. What did he do? He looked and he and he prayed and he and he twelve ordinary men, twelve nobodies who would change the world. He poured into them. He discipled them, and he said, "Now go change the world." And that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for some. He goes, "Listen, I I, that's cool. I I, money is great. We got to have money to live, but a group of people that." Would follow Jesus even if they don't make a lot of money, even if they lose their best friends, even if they don't get promoted at work, or even if they end up losing their lives. Why? Because, guys, listen, I was praying that because, see, following Jesus reminds us about one thing that it's not about this life, but it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. And so that's what I've been praying. And so as we come to our text today, guys, remember last week we interrupted the Apostles Paul's testimony to hone in to something that I think was going to help us for this year. Hone in to something very, very helpful. You go, what was that? Well, if you were here last week, remember we decided that we weren't going to do resolutions. You go, what's wrong with resolutions? Nothing. Resolutions are amazing. And I'm glad that we would take a look at ourselves and go, man, something needs to change. So I I make a resolution to do. Uh, that's great. But here's, what, here's my thought, guys. Here's my thought. My thought is that we would just not make a resolution, but we would live by some goals and some rules. Some goals and some rules. That's what we looked at. Okay, and you go, well, what would that mean? Well, guys, that we would live by some rules that would spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to our city and to our state and to our country and to the world. You go, what's that? Well, remember in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we saw how it came down. It goes like this. It says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. You go, how's that? Yeah, listen. Dr. Luke is writing the book of Acts, but he gives us a quote from what Jesus said. Jesus said this. He said, listen to me. You guys are going to receive power for one reason. You go, what's that? To be my witnesses, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, to live a life that's so powerful that people are going to go, man, I want this. You're going to say, you're going to go from being a victim to being victors. You guys are going to go, listen, but how do we do it? It's when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you go, well, in what area? Well, here's the areas. Where do you live? We live in Lubbock, Texas. And so that's the first place we would, we would go. He says, I'm going to be, you're going to be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem in our city. Guys, think about this. We need to be witnesses in our jobs. We need to be witnesses at the grocery store. We need to be witnesses at school. We need to be witnesses wherever we go. And again, I'm not talking about walking around as Christian, obnoxious, going, you need Jersey, you, you know, and just and then just pushing people and, and 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 offending people. I'm talking about living so close to Jesus that man, we're just people, we're just people are just affected by it. They're looking at us and going, listen, I've seen Christianity, but you're different, man. Yeah, then no, no, listen, listen, I'm not talking about a religion. I'm talking about a relationship with God. What do you mean a relationship with God? I have a relationship with God. Do you? Because, because I'm so fired up. And he says, and you will be my witnesses where in city. And what about this? What if God wants to do something radical and he wants to take our little church and do something in the state of Texas? To be a witness in the state of Texas. Or how about this? How about in, in, in Samaria, right? In, 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 the, in the United States. And how about if he wants to do this? He wants to use us to the end of the earth, God, when we can reach people in the world. Reach people in the world. But first and foremost, we see that we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. See, rules and resolutions, guys, without the Holy Spirit, well, we could still accomplish them, but it'll just be, it'll be futile at best, right? Rules and regulations without the Holy Spirit, we're just going to do our best to try to maintain some rules. But under the power of the Holy Spirit, like Paul tells us, under the power of the Holy Spirit, guys, we could do more than ever before. More than ever before. Pastor, what's our goal? What what do you see? Here it is. You ready? I want to see us reach more people for Jesus in Lubbock and surrounding areas with the gospel. With the gospel. You realize that the gospel, it's the power of God unto salvation. It's the power of God to set people free. I want to see us, guys. I want to see us do more. I want to see. I just can't tell you. What, what sin does in the life of people. The Bible tells us in the book of James that sin does what, church? It's, it starts off and it's like, hey, look at me. And, and then all of a sudden it entices us. And what sin does is eventually wants to, wants to kill us. It wants to kill us. And I want, I want the light of the gospel to set people free. Why aren't you adamant about this? Guys, listen, listen. Okay. Long story short, we had, I had in my office four bags of candy, not for me, don't judge, four bags of candy we're using for the women's conference next month, okay, four bags, unopened and there they were. And so yesterday, as I'm doing work, or the day before, I think it was, Santos comes into my office, he sits down, he goes, Pastor, what's going on over here? Well, there were little what? There were little pieces of paper. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Right? A little mouse decided he wanted to eat our candy. And he really liked the crunch. Those only ones that were missing was the crunch bar. You guys tracking with me? So, started looking. In one of the bags, there was a little hole this big. And and I wonder, how in the world does a little mouse smell chocolate inside three wrappers? I don't get it. You with me? Well, we cleaned it all up, and guess what we did? We went out and we bought a trap. Okay? Okay. You know what a trap is, right? We're not, I mean, this is the thing that, so we got ourselves a little crunch bar. We warmed it up and then we put it on the thing, put the trap there and that was done. So this morning, guess what? I walk in and there's poor little church mouse. Done. Done. I said, take that. No, I didn't say that. Here's my point. Here's my point, guys. (laughs) Before I threw it away, I took a picture. And you said, why would you take a picture? Because the little dude's eyes were looking at me. It was really crazy. It was freaky. But when he died, he was still eating. And the Lord reminded me. He said, you know what? That's a lot like sin. You see, sin comes to kill, and even though it's, it's, the, it's the lure of the chocolate, it's the lure of the world, and, and I was just seeing, and, and, and it, just, it just spoke to me, and I said, you know what? There's a lot of people, guys, in our city that are just, they're sitting there, and they're going for it, and they don't realize that death is about to come. And so I'm going, I'm going. listen. I'm just like, wow, and, 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 and so our goal has to be that we warn people that, that sin wants to what? It wants to ensnare, it wants to entrap you, it wants to keep you in bondage, it wants to hurt you, and it definitely wants to wants to kill you. That's our goal this year. So, picking up our story from last week. You guys remember, how does that happen? How do we get to the place, guys, where we're willing to lay down our lives, where we're willing to say, I'm gonna focus on Jesus, where we're willing to say, listen, I know that I can make a lot of money, but 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 the ministry is where I wanna be. Well, how, do, how do we do this? Well, Paul tells us a little bit here in chapter three, verse eight, we talked about it last week, but let's jump into it again for the sake of our study. Paul is writing to the Philippian church and he says, yet indeed, what do I do? I also count all things lost, for the excellence of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord. He says, listen, when it comes to my life, when it comes to everything that I've been presented, when it comes to my job, and it comes to my money, and it comes to my friends, and it comes to my promotion, he says, listen to me, that's not a big deal. That's not a big deal. He says, I count it, ha- what? I count it all loss for what? So that I can know the Lord, for the excellence of what? Of Jesus Christ. And I count them as rubbish. Not only am I going, nah, I don't really care about that. He goes, compared to Jesus, all of that is rubbish. Rubbish. It's rubbish that I may gain Christ. And here's my goal, to be found in him, not having my own righteousness, was from which is from the law, but that, which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness is from God by faith. So Paul declares to you and I, the way that we should live is that we should live with a supremacy of who Jesus is in our lives every single day of the year. How do we do that? It's not enough, guys, to buy a t-shirt, okay? It's not enough to buy a t-shirt that says Jesus is number one Because we don't want Jesus to be number one. Here's what we want. What Paul is telling you and I is that Jesus, in our lives, in our marriages, in our work, wherever it is, he needs to be our all in all. We need to have that super wonderful affection that goes, God, I love Jesus and I worship him and and he's my all in all. He's the very air that I breathe. Paul says, everything else, everything else is just second in comparison. Everything else is second in comparison. And he says, now let me give you your goal. You guys ready? Your goal for 2017? We talked about this last week. He says, verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferance, being conformed to his death, if by means I may attain to the resurrection of the dead. This is this is it. This is our goal. Okay? We know that we know we want to reach people. But this is our, our this is our main goal, guys. If you're with me, if we can agree, this is what God wants to do. Here's our goal. You go, what's that? It's really simple that we know Jesus. Oh, not that we know a lot about him, guys. Calvary Chapel is not going to be about, listen, I've learned so many facts about the Lord. I've learned so many things. That's not the point. The point is, if your heart isn't transformed, if you're not talking about what you learned today, tomorrow, then I didn't do my job. We want to know Jesus. Guys, you want to know him so well that by a look, you'll know what he's thinking. Well, God, I don't see Jesus. You guys know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. I want to know Jesus, guys. I want to know him so well. I want to know what he, what he thinks. I want to know what he says about certain things. I want to walk with him. Listen, I want to hear his voice. I want to feel him inside. That's what I want to do. You don't get it. That's, that's what Paul says. He says, listen, I want to know him. I don't want to know a lot about him. I want to know him by experience. I want to see him do things in my life. Church, I've said this a thousand times and I'll say it a thousand times again. You are not saved just to be saved. You're not saved to simply come to church and go, I'm at church. You guys are saved because he has a plan and a purpose and he wants to use your life in the sphere that you travel. He wants to use you to win people to him. You have to, you have to let him. You have to go, God, use me. Use me. I want to, I want to, I want to experience you. I want to know, and then he says, not only that, I want to know what? I want to know him, I want to know the power of his resurrection, I want to know the fellowship of his sufferings. Wait a minute, Pastor Ben, I don't want to know the fellowship of his sufferings. Listen, I'm all for knowing Jesus, and I want the power of his resurrection in my life, but I don't think I want to suffer. See, that's the, that's the message that we've been given via TV and radio. That we're not called to suffer, but yet here's what Paul says. Paul says, I want to know him in the fellowship. I want to fellowship with him. And, and when I suffer, I want to know, I want to know the Lord. I want to know the Lord. I want to know him intimately. And by the way, he says, Not only do I want to know him in my sufferings, guys, here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. What's the first thing we do, church, when we suffer? We want to alleviate that suffering, right? That's our first goal. Stop the hurt! Stop the hurt. Nathalie and I were talking about, about the whole cancer experience the other night. And she said, you know what? It, the hardest thing she said is I was thinking about you. Me? She says, yes, because you're a fixer. You want to stop it. And I, and I just didn't know what it would do to you. And that's true, guys. We're, we want to stop it. I want to take it. I would have, I would have gladly give, taken the chemo if I could for her. But I couldn't. So what does that mean? That means she knows Jesus in ways that, that a lot of us does, don't know because she's fellowshiped with him in the same type of sufferings. And the problem is, church, is that sufferings will come because we live in a fallen world. And, and they're going to come. But our goal is to have a foundation so deep that you'll go, man, I know him and I know that he's for me and I know that he's good. And if by some reason that I die, then I want I want to be able to die like Jesus. Because that's what Paul says, right? Being conformed to his death. Being conformed to his death. Church, listen, let me just talk real quick about this because it's it, it's just it's just a real fact, okay? My goal here, guys, is to give you such a deep foundation in Christ that whether the doctor calls and says, hey, you have cancer, or that you get off a plane and and somebody goes nuts and and shoots you. Because isn't that what we said? That happened in our world. And, and, And what did we say? We don't know. You don't know? You get in your luggage. You're, you're excited you're in Florida. I know what you're thinking. Y'all are going to Florida. I know. And, and next thing you know, you're in the presence of, well, where are you going to spend eternity? So the foundation has to be going, listen, it doesn't matter. I'm just... Well, that's the goal, right? That's the goal to know him. Well, Paul gives us a second goal. look at verse 13. He says, but brethren, he says, I do not count myself as apprehended. I I love that Paul says, I'm not there yet. I'm still working. He says, but one thing I do, ready? Forget those things which are behind. Reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of Jesus Christ. The first goal is to know him. The second goal, guys, is to move forward. And that's what I want to do with the remainder of our time, guys. Let's talk about moving forward as a church. Moving forward as a church. I don't know if you know this or not, but every Wednesday night after everybody leaves, we gather together as leadership. And whatever we need to pray about, whatever God's putting in our hearts, or or we want to grow as leadership, that's what we do. Every Wednesday night till about 10 or 10.05 or 10.10, we'll just pray. Sometimes God just moves so mightily, but 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 sometimes he just really talks to us on what he wants us to do next. But let me share with you just a little bit, right? Do you remember last week's rule? First rule, right, for 2017 was this. As a church, we need to see our failures as new beginnings and not as an end. Why? Because we did that all the time. We did that all the time. Right? We as people, when we fail, we just kinda we just kind of stop doing what we need to do. When listen, a lot of us go, if I can't do it a hundred percent, if I can't do it right, here's what we do we give up. And we don't even want to try. In January, guys, most churches are going, All right, time to regroup, let's go forward, ready. And they'll do new series and everything else. But did you know that it's that before even January comes, that's when most churches will close the door and said, We're done. Because January often brings in new beginnings. But here's what I'm telling you guys. Here's what I'm saying. That as a church, we are going to make some mistakes. We're going to have some failures. But here's what I want to do from now on, right? 2017, here's where we are. That, here, that we are going to see our failures. We're going to grow from them. And then we're going to see them as new beginnings, and not as an end, not as an end. You guys know what I'm talking about? Why? Because here's what it does. When we say, okay, church, we're going to do something great. We're going to, what? God, name it, name it. We're, we're going to go here. We're going to do that. We're going to, we're going to ordain new pastors, whatever it might be. Here's what we do. When we fail, it immobilizes us. It brings us to the place where we just stop. And we just kind of go, oh, And we don't ever wanna try again. We never wanna try again, right? Isn't that what it does to us personally? When we fail, we go, oh, I'm not gonna try that again. What happened? I messed up big time. Yeah, but you tried. Yeah, no. You wanna go do this again? "Mm Mm-mm. How many of you know when you have one bad experience, you're not doing it anymore? One bad experience, right? You go, I tried something, it was horrible, right? You ever go camping and it's a horrible experience? It rains all day, you're freezing, your hair's frozen, right? And your hair's not supposed to get cold, but it's frozen. And you just had a horrible time and the next, the next month say, hey, you want to go camping? What's your reaction? Nope. Why? Because I had a horrible time. I feel like I failed at that. I'm not going to do it. Well, that's how we do as a church. But I think God wants us to do even more, even more. See, God wants us to step out in faith this year, guys. And if we fail, then we need to keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. The other day I was watching, guys, I was watching Top Gun. You guys remember, anybody remember that movie Top Gun? Everybody see it because I'm just going to spoil it for you, okay? If if you're going to see it and you hadn't seen it 1986, you should have already seen it. But anyways, if you haven't seen it, I'm going to spoil it for you, Okay? Maverick and Goose are buds, okay? They're BFFs, right? Even before BFFs was ever invented, they're BFFs, right? And they're flying up and uh, they're, just, they're just taking life by, I mean, they're just taking the by life by the storm, if you will. They're flying, they're doing all kinds of stuff. It's a great movie, right? You're all there, you know, back in the day, made me want to be a fighter pilot, but that's a whole nother story. So they go out there, right, and here's what happens. What happens is they have an accident, right? They get in the dude's jet wash and they start spinning out to sea. And they're like, he, and Maverick is saying, I can't recover, I can't recover. What does they do? He says, He says, pull the canopy. They pull the canopy, right? Goose hits his head, falls in the ocean dead. Maverick freaks out, right? Maverick can't fly again. Isn't that a lot like us? We make a mistake, we, we have a failure, we we just, we we can't see. and so what do we do is we automatically, we go, we can't do this anymore. The the guy's saying, listen, it wasn't your fault, Maverick, there's no failure, get up there and do it, and he can't engage, he can't engage anymore. It, it immobilizes him, guys, he's, he's, he's not stepping out anymore. Well, then one day, you know, he goes and he sees this commanding officer, and there's this great quote of the movie and he goes to his commanding officer and he says, listen, what should I do? What are my options? And and, and his commanding officer kind of takes him aside. It's kind of a neat, neat way of, of kind of ending the the movie. But he says this, right? He says this. Now, check out this quote, okay? The quote says this. He says, a good pilot is always compelled to evaluate what has happened so he can apply what he's learned. And I've always liked that quote. Why? Because I think for us, a good church, guys, is always compelled to evaluate our successes and our failures so that we can apply the things that we've learned. And listen, although Top Gun was just a movie, for us, church, the stakes are really high. The stakes are really high. We need to not look at failure as an end, but as a, new, as, as a new beginning and saying, okay, here's where we messed up. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Guys, at Calvary Chapel, can we agree as our Vision Sunday this year that we're going to make mistakes? Can we agree? Absolutely. But it's in those failures, guys, that we're gonna learn. And we're not going to let failure define us. We're going to keep pushing forward. We're going to keep going after the lost. We're going to keep telling people what sin does. We're going to keep, listen to me. Will you please keep loving people back to life? Will you keep? Will you keep after? I mean, there's people that are looking at you and they're just like that mouse going, Nanny nanny, nanny, I'm gonna do what I want and you're going, No you're not. You're gonna get killed, please, and then we just go fine. You wanna you wanna get you wanna get beaten by a mouse trap? Go right ahead. That's not us, guys. That's not us. Not this year. You and I, we have to go, listen, I'm going to keep loving her. I'm going to keep loving him. I'm going to keep doing what I need to do because I want to see God do something that I've never seen before. I want to see God restore marriages. I want to see God restore um, families that have been torn apart. I want to see kids come back home. I want to see, I want to see those that were, that were stranded in sin and drugs be set free back into by the power of God. We need to keep loving people back to life. That's what we're going to do. Anybody with me? How about number two? We're going to take risks. If we don't, we'll never know what God wants. We're going to take risks. Guys, listen, listen, i got to tell you, I've gotten to the place where I've gotten really comfortable here. Why? It's a nice church. It's a nice church. The heater works, praise the Lord. The cooler works in the summer, amen. Look at this, nice pulpit and chairs, and you guys are amazing. But that's not always the case. You see, comfort, guys, we're creatures of comfort. But I got to tell you our story. I got to tell you, and if you hadn't been here, this is an amazing story. Why? Because it was 12 years ago that Natalie and I, we loaded up the U-Haul, the girls are with us, and we headed to Lubbock, Texas, not knowing what God wanted to do. We started this church in the clubhouse of the apartment building. Called up the club. and say, hey, we'll rent an apartment if you'll let us use the clubhouse for a Bible study. They're like, okay. So we started it, right? And here's what we did. We got a flyer. This is amazing. God's going to do amazing. We got a flyer and we hit every single apartment building, every single door. Hey, starting a Bible study Wednesday night. We hope you're there. Hey, hey. Right? First Wednesday night, got our Bible out. And nobody from the apartments came. We started with one other couple who heard about Calvary Chapel my wife, my daughters, and there we go. But we knew God wanted to do something. And so we kept on, and we kept on, and we kept on, and we kept on. And they came up to us and said, hey, listen, this is our church. Well, we meet in a clubhouse. I don't care, this is our church. Can we do Sunday morning? We'll do Sunday morning. Are you kidding me? Okay, I have an idea. I got an idea. I'll ask the landlord if we could use the clubhouse on the Sunday morning. He's going to say, no, you know that, right? Because we're already using it on Wednesday night. If they say yes, we'll have it. And so we went and said, hey, can we use this on a Sunday morning? They're like, sure. And I'm like, oh. Okay, so there, Calvary Chapel was born. 12 years ago today, guys, on the Sunday, Calvary Chapel was born. Sunday mornings. All right, what are we going to do? We're just going to teach the Bible. I don't know, what do we do? I don't know, what are we going to do? All right. And so, listen, that wasn't enough. Right? We weren't satisfied. How many of us would have been like, hey, we're in the clubhouse. It can seat about 30. We're good. Amen. But that wasn't us. And so we'd go looking, and I go looking around the building, and I found a building. It was the ceramic cottage on 34th Street. And I took my wife in there, and it was a disaster, right? Said for and." and I take my wife in there. My wife's like, you want this to be a church? I'm like, uh-huh. She's like, ugh. It needed a lot of elbow grease. But see, God was moving. and so And so I was like, but honey, here's the deal. Listen the landlord wants this amount of rent and he wants the first month and last month's deposit. And we're a small church and we started this thing with 200 bucks. And there's, and there's just like four other people, uno, dos, tres, right, right? There's not a lot of money. And in that day, in, that day, in, the, in the offering, somebody dropped $1,000 into the box that day. We had enough to, we had enough to rent the building. So we rented the building, cleaned it up. But then we also felt like God was doing something else. And so we were at that building for two years, starting to outgrow it a little bit. We could have stayed there, church. It had 50 chairs in it. I mean, it was good. We could have stayed there. Great location. People would see us. We could have stayed there. I felt like God was doing something. And so I found this building on Avenue Q. It was already a church. Avenue Q and 50th. There's a building. So we put in an offer. We said, listen, we have no money, but could we rent to own this? And we got an offer and I brought, I took the leadership and we all got on the, we sat there in the front door and said, God, please, if you want us to have our own building, please, Lord. And we prayed and we prayed and we walked around and we prayed and we walked around and the landlord came back and said, no, thank you, we don't want to sell to you. Oh, Lord, I really thought that was it. As we were driving by here, found out that the church that was here, now you got to understand, the church that was here had no walls. It was just one big open space. One big open space. Didn't include the beauty shop next door, didn't include it, just one big open space, okay? Okay. The corner where my office is was the drums and everything else. Found out that they were getting ready to find another building. So months of prayer, and I'm calling him, going, God, what do you want to do? And so he, he opened up the door, and, and, he, and, and we got this building, okay? But the problem was, is listen, we had the chairs. That's all we had. Oh, Lord, what are you going to do? During that time, by the time we were supposed to get out of that building and move into this building, somebody dropped a huge amount of money into the Gopit box. I remember when the bookkeeper showed me, and I was like, that looks like an error. That looks like we have X amount of thousands of dollars. And he's like, no, that's the truth. I was like, are you serious? Why? Because it had enough money for us. You guys, some of you remember this. It had enough money to build out everything. Build the classrooms, put the carpet, all of that stuff. It was amazing. You go, Ben, but, but you didn't even have enough people to fill it up. I know. But we just said, we got to take a step of faith. We got to see what God wants to do. We got to see what God wants to do. And then I thought, What happened? You see, because we got to the point, guys, where we were, well, we got to the point where we were what? Well, we got comfortable. And and I know that, man, it'd be nice, and this is what I tell the guys, I said, man, it'd be nice to have a building and have a playground for a kid. It'd be nice, right? You ever hear that? It'd be nice. But we got to get to the place, church, where we go, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to what? Uh, we're going to take a risk. We're going to step out in faith. Maybe it's not a building, Okay. But maybe it's campuses. Maybe it's a campus in Littlefield. Maybe it's a campus in Seminole. I don't know what it is, but but we got to take a step of faith. Maybe it's a radio station. Why do you want a radio station? Guys, I want the word of God. Listen, there's nothing out here that preaches the word of God 24-7, verse by verse. It doesn't. You have some that teach. We're on KJAC at five o'clock, praise the Lord. But, but that's not a total teaching radio station. And I thought, why don't we get a low-powered radio station? You go, well, how do I pray? Here's how you pray. You ready? Right now, pray for the FCC to open the window to apply for a, a, a license, a construction license. Pray for that. I've already talked to the landlord. I have a meeting to meet with him with to the AeroCare next door. You're going to rent another building? I'm going to walk by faith. I don't know if it, you know what. Listen, if we can afford it, well, will think about it. Think about it. We can have offices there. We can we can we can office a, a, radio, a low-powered radio station. How many of you think God can do it? How many? Th- do you really? I do too. How cool is that, guys, is if we take Lubbock, Texas, and we just give them the Word of God 24 7. Our nurses, our nurses and, that are coming out late at night, they can tune in and they can get the Word of God with, with great Bible teachers all day long. All day long. We got to walk by faith, right? Hey, hey, listen, do we have faith to, to, to get a radio station? I, I have faith. But do we have that same amount of faith that if God said, I want to give you, I want to see what this little church would do. I want to give you the Kmart building that's for, for rent right now. Yeah, I see your face. You're like, huh? Where did your faith go? Where did it go? Yeah, you have, you have faith to, to, to rent the next building next door. But what about what if God wants to do something big? They, see that's the point. The point is that we, we, we've got to go. The mission comes before the money. Okay? Mission comes before the money. Let's get. The, what's the mission? Let's get out there and see what God wants to do. Well, Pastor Ben, you're not going to rent the Kmart building. No, I'm not renting the Kmart building. I mean, they want to give it to me. I'll take it. But you guys know what I'm saying. we got to have that type of faith. Why? Because he's a big God. Why do we limit him in the little box? This is what God wants to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody come by and sing Kumbaya. How about we go? man, what does God want to do? What does God want to do? Right? Take risks. Take risks. I like what Hudson Taylor said. You know what he said? Unless there's an element of risk in our exploits for God, there's no need for faith. How about this? How about about the third one? And we'll move pretty fast from here. Always do more than than is expected, right? Always do more. I think as a church, we need to do that. We need to, Under promise and over deliver. Why? Because as a church, guys, we represent the Lord. We represent the Lord. Hey, where do you go to church? Calvary Chapel. Man, thank you. You did way above what I expected. Way above what I expected. How about number four? Assume nothing and question everything. Here's the problem. After 12 years, we always question everything. Well, I don't know. Do you think God really wants to do that? Did you guys see your face when I mentioned the Kmart building? Y'all went, well, that's a... our job is to assume nothing. What if he wants to do that? I didn't say he wanted to give us the Kmart building today, but what if there's steps to get there? Right? Got to tell you, I made a big mistake. I made a big mistake. You go, what was the mistake? There's a. There was a church building right here on... It's called um, Generations Church, right here on University. You know, and we looked at that building. We looked at it twice, and it was it had been room to grow. And after I told Josh, I said, "I think I blew it," and he said, "Why?" I said, "I was looking for the perfect building, and then realized that that could have just been an easy stepping stone to grow, to get the the perfect building." I just missed it. You, you, you ever miss it? And so I, I, I missed it. Someone else scooped it up, bought it. Um, maybe it wasn't God's will, but I thought, what if we, what if we did, what if we did go there, make it Calvary Chapel, get enough people to where we're able to build the perfect building, or for what meets like, like it didn't have any like any um, fellowship space, like like for the cafe or anything else. And I was like, ah, oh, I didn't really have a children's worship center, but we could have just used that as a help me church, just a stepping stone. We could have got it, bought it somehow sold it. Who knows? Who knows? So we want to assume nothing and question, everything. Okay. How about this one? How about make peace with the past? You go, what does that mean? Guys, can I tell you what we did as a church that has gotten, that has immobilized us? You go, what's that? Did you know that one day, and so you remember this? We spent out, we spent, we we passed out a thousand business card invites. I think, I think Yvonne and Mania, a lot of us were out there at the mall. They kicked us out of the mall. We're, we're inviting people to church. A thousand. Okay. We're excited. It's Easter. Man, this is going to be good. Dun dun dun! And not a whole lot of people came. Oh man! Okay, so here's the deal. Maybe 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 inviting people with car, maybe that's not. I know. Let's take some money and let's 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 put it on the radio. Let's put it on secular radio. So we made a commercial and we invited people secular. All right, come to Easter. It's going to be great. It's going to be you know come out and guess what happened? Not a whole lot of stuff. We didn't get any response off the radio. So I had a better idea. Next next year, next Easter, here's what we did. We made one of the most amazing full-page flyers. And what I'm talking about is there's a flyer that you get every Tuesday that has all the coupons in it. Okay, it's one big flyer. We sent out 20,000 homes. We sent out a flyer, invited them to Calvary Chapel. We thought, man, we were waiting. I'm sitting here Easter Sunday and I'm waiting for the line. I mean, we're not talking 20,000 people. We're talking 20,000 homes. Four people a pop. It's gonna be great, right? We just, we gotta get some response. Not a lot. Can I be honest with you, church? We got so disappointed. We got so bummed. God, what are you doing? We thought for sure if we invited him and God. You know what, church? Listen, what we've done, we have done. And if we don't make peace with that, then it mobilizes from what God wants to do this year. You see, that was a group, that was a different group of people. And maybe God wants to move just crazy this year. I don't want, I, I need to make peace with, I need to learn from the past, but I need to pay, make peace with it. It needs to be done. The last 12 years need to be done. We need to start Calvary Chapel brand new. We need to take risks on you guys. God wants to raise some of you guys up to be, to be pastors. God wants to raise some of you guys up to be high capacity volunteers. God wants to raise you up. Listen, don't, don't, don't. I mean, he wants to do this, guys. We need to make peace with the past, which brings us to number six. You guys remember last week, Stop overthinking right? We need to act on it. How so? We have a church in Seminole waiting, people going, if you just show up, I mean, come on. And we're like, yeah, let me think about that. When we overthink stuff, guys, we just, we just mess up. It's a new beginning. Number seven, Guys, never compare ourselves to others. Never compare ourselves. That's really simple, right? We're not going to compare ourselves to other churches. Why? We're not, in, we're not competing with them. A lot of times we go, oh, well, that church is doing this, and that church is doing that, and that church is doing, and our goal is not to compare ourselves. So, listen, we have our own distinctives. You go, what's that? Well, here's the major distinctives. If you want to know what Calvary Chapel is all about, it's verse-by-verse, expository Bible teaching. We're going to teach you the Bible. We're going to give you a foundation. But listen, we're not in competition with other churches. We're here for what God wants to give us. Last but not least, we're going to teach others what we know. Listen, I'm up here and I'm preaching my heart out to you, and I love you guys, but you guys, some of you guys are, are, are just as gifted, if not more gifted in communicating than I am. And God wants to use you. God wants to use you. How does it start? Well, it starts with discipleship. Man, we've got to learn the Bible, and then what God wants to do is he wants to begin to use you in ways that you'll never even imagine. We need to teach others what we know. Listen, some of you, you guys have great voices. Great voices. But you look up here and you go, Oh, well they have all the they have all the singers they need. No, we don't. Well, it looks like they got their youth all they got they got their youth, you know, they got they got everything all set up, they're cool. No, we don't. If you don't step up and go, listen, what do you what can I do? Listen, I have this gift, or I have this gift, or I have that gift. We'll never know. And let me just say this. God didn't call you to come and sit here on Sunday morning, week after week, Wednesday after Wednesday. He called you to be used in ways that you could never imagine. But you got to be willing to do it. You got to teach others what you know. I don't know a whole lot. That's okay. That's what discipleship is for. Let's grow together. Let's grow together. Okay, let's close. Let's close, guys. Let me give you the goals that I feel like God wants. I've already mentioned them, but you know what? The first thing I feel like God put in our heart is a radio station. I feel like God really wants us to do that. I can't do it myself, church. I'm gonna be honest. I can't do it myself. I need your help. You know, what can I do? You can give financially. You can pray. You can, maybe one of you here is our next radio station manager. Like, you have an incredible gift for sales, and you know how to work a computer, and that's what God is going to call you to do. I don't know. I'm just saying. If you're not willing to go, what can I do? What else, Pastor Ben? Listen, my goal, guys, is, listen, we need, we not only do we need resources of of finances, but we need resources of people. We need to invite, we need to bring people. Here's our hashtag for this year, okay? Invite everyone, bring someone. We like to invite a lot of people, but sometimes we need to say, hey, hey, you wanna go to lunch on Sunday? Would you go to, will you go to church with me first? You know why church? Listen, we didn't count them last year, we haven't counted them, but there are so many people who get, so many people who get saved at Calvary. We want to capture that and we want to disciple them and we want to see what God will do. What does that mean? Here's my goal. It's a goal. You guys with me? You know what a goal is? It's something I hope. I hope by, by July of this year that we're forced to buy 50 more chairs to put in this area. 50 more. 50 to 100. We're forced to. That's a good goal to have. How do we do it? Let's pray. God's bringing people from the radio. God's bringing people from all over, but you know what? God wants to use you. Let me ask you this. What friend, what friend right now comes to mind that you know needs to be here to hear the word of God? What friend? That's the person you jot down right now and you start praying and you say, I'm gonna invite him. I'm gonna invite him. What friend did God put to your mind? I need to get him here. I need to get him here. Pastor, what if he comes and he doesn't get saved? Your job is to get him here. Let God do the work. Let God do the rest. Church, listen, we love our children's ministry. I love it. But I wish they had a place that they had a playground. And I wish they had a bigger, we had we had more classrooms. So our goal, our goal is eventually to say goodbye to this place, which has been great, and have our own building. Can, can I say this too? Our goal is to increase in leadership. Church, we need to stop doing church as a ma and pa outlet. We need to start doing church the way God wants us to do church. We need to see the big picture. We need to see that he wants to do crazy things. Why? Stakes are high, time is short. Stakes are high, time is short. What person has God put in your heart right now that you need to love back to life? They may have been saved. They may have been walking with Jesus. They may have known Jesus. But right now, they're just trapped. They're, just, they're, they're, they're in bondage. And God has called you to lovingly love them back to life. Which, which, which person is that? Because that's what we need to do. That's what we need to do. I, I have a giving goal for you guys. You ready? A giving. I pray that you guys give. Give sacrificially. Give hilariously. Give, 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 give of your money. Does it have to be 10%? No, just give. Guys, just give. Just say, listen, I'm going to give hilariously. God wants to do crazy things. I trust him. I'm going to give. I'm going to give. Guys, we want to bring in more pastors. We, wanna, we, wanna, we just want to do. I don't know what God wants to do, but I need you with me. That's the whole point. God, God never called me to do this alone, never called me an athlete to do this alone. He called us to do this together. And together, guess what we could do? We could do so much more than one person can do, don't you think? Together? You guys with me? Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you for our vision. That we would lay down our lives, God, to see what you'll do. That we wouldn't turn back. We trust you, God. We love you. It's in your name we pray.
0: Amen. Hey, this is Pastor Josh. I hope this message has encouraged you in your walk with Jesus. If it has, we would love to hear your story of how it has impacted you or especially if you responded to the invitation to receive Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. To get in touch or to receive more information, please contact us by phone at 806-799-2227 or send an email to calvarylubbock at hotmail.com. Again, that phone number is 806-799-2227.